So the NRL All-Stars podcast, this is Barnsley, back for another Supercoach TLT episode. We're up to round five TLT now, getting very interesting. We have a 2023 debutant as my guest, but he was on the podcast last year. And that is Andrew from the We Got the Chocolates podcast, or We Got the Chocolates show, I should say, because it's not just a podcast. <laughs> and Andrew, you're also quite an accomplished cricketer too. I know you won't talk about it yourself, but like, you know, you've had a first-class debut for Queensland and you're into your super coach as well and your rugby league. So you've got it all happening, mate. But welcome aboard to the All-Stars podcast again. It's great to have you for 2023. Lovely intro, mate. Thanks for having me uh, again. It's, um, it's always good to jump on and chat. Uh, chat super coach is so fun. It's um, it's a great time of year when footy started and the weather's still good. So it's all good. And unfortunately, you are a Broncos fan, right? So I, mean, I do have to put that in there. But... A, a rabbit, a rabbit-o's man, mate. Uh, and I know you're just rubbing that in because your mob beat me two weeks ago. So we'll let that one go. <laughs> oh, it's just anyone that I anyone that I talk to that's in Queensland. I just think that you're a Broncos fan. It's just <laughs> oh, a few, a few are I never, over. I never say Titans or Dolphins. Yeah, I was going to say a few are jumping over though. Like the, the crowds at Suncorp with the Dolphins stuff going on at the moment. So there's a few have jumped ship, I reckon, which I don't know how I feel about. But anyway. Good luck to them. We need to talk about your show as well. We got the chocolates because a lot of people have been tuning into that and it's really taken off the last 12 months. You can probably tell people more about how you would describe it rather than me because there's a fair bit to talk about. Tell, tell us about it. It's so funny because like we actually got asked by a bloke who's sort of like doing a little bit of work for us, like how would you describe it? And I guess the three or four of us who were involved sort of looked at each other and we sort of said, well, I don't really know. So basically if, in a nutshell, it's sort of um, – what, what what made you laugh this week is basically what we sort of go for. So like just finding things, I guess, in, you know, I guess the sports world or the news and stuff that makes us laugh. You know, there's a lot of, I guess, negativity in the world at the moment. So we we try and keep it a very happy, I guess, positive podcast. Me being a sports nut and all the boys are sports nuts. Like, oh, we, we throw a fair bit of sports stuff in there as well. And, you know, we've, uh, we actually, we've got a little super coach group going at the moment, which we give a little uh, shout out to on the podcast each week, which is good fun. But yeah, we're all, all things stuff. Um, we've done a fair few of the dad jokes videos on YouTube, which have gone absolutely ballistic at the moment, which is sort of crazy to us to think that we, I guess, started it a few years ago, or the boys started it a few years ago. And now it's, um, you know, we've got 300,000 on YouTube and 500,000 on Instagram. It's, it's, it's nuts, mate. So it's, um, it's a world that certainly I wasn't overly privy to, but I'm sort of, slowly catching up to see what it's all about i guess and so you and uh, a couple of your mates that started it just sort of went from there yeah yeah so it's lee lee drennan um he was the mc at my wedding we've been mates for a long time and his brother mitch um started it uh probably three or four years ago now and then i jumped on probably oh, a third of the way halfway through when they started it, i just had my first little one so sort of time was i guess trickier back then as you all know barnsey kids to sort of take over but mm-hmm. um Sure yep. Yeah, so and and now I guess the last twelve months we've just sort of it's gone up I guess exponentially. As I said, it's a good chance to get together. Um, we have a beer on a Monday night. We do the podcast. Um, we shoot some videos throughout the week if we need to. And and uh, we just like I said, we just enjoy getting together and having fun. And like I said, there's a lot of negativity in the world at the moment, so we try and put a positive spin on everything. So 
How good. Well, it is fantastic. I love it. Would love to reciprocate and jump on yours as a guest, but uh, I'm in uh, sunny New South Wales, not Queensland, so that's never going to happen. Also yeah. got a head, well, well, you're head not... for podcasting I do, mate. I did actually play <laughs> rugby league, not the, not the cricket game, so, you know, it's a little bit rough. Mate, you're, you're speaking to a redhead at the moment, mate, so don't worry about the head for podcasting, that's for sure. But no, it's still 32 degrees up here in Brisbane today. So it's it's and it's about ninety eight percent humidity. So it's I don't know where I'd rather be. <laughs> well, I can't wait to chat about the Supercoach. So let's get straight into it. Round four review. Uh, let's look at the good, the bad, the ugly first. So certainly when we're looking at our teams, uh, this is a segment that we put in last week for everyone that's maybe not tuned into last week's TLT. So first up, we got the good, the bad, the ugly. Me and Andrew will look at each other's teams and, and talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. We're also going to then go on to a bit of a round review and look at how the round panned out a little bit, but just top-level scoring, and then a strategy chat. This time around for this week, the strategy is all about Nico Hines. <laughs> then we got Market Watch for round five, and then a quick fire round five preview, focusing on the VCC options and some pods. So cracking Supercoach episode once again we have for you. First up, the good, the bad, the ugly. The old Clint Eastwood, Andrew. Why don't I let yes. you as a guest go first, mate? Good, the bad, the ugly for you this past round. Well, there's not a massive surprise. Um, uh, I'm a Nico Hines artist. I mean, that's 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 the obvious one, isn't it? I mean, what a performance, basically. He, he was, I guess, the, the single-handed winner and loser for a lot of people's head-to-heads this week. Um, I know I was behind in a lot of leagues and then 180 on a beautiful afternoon was just, it was just, I couldn't wipe a smile off my face. So obvious winner, but I guess the one that I guess that will we'll leave Nico a little bit, um, Karaz for mine has been absolutely phenomenal uh, the last couple of weeks. He's running 25 times a game, offloading, tackle busting. He's pretty much doing everything by running the water out at the moment. So he, he's been my biggest winner, I think, uh, for this week, bar Nico. I love how you just casually went, oh, I've got Nico Hines, so yeah. <laughs> Only 5% of coaches do, so well before this trade friendly started for this round. Uh, <laughs> how about the bad, mate, for your team? Um, not not so much a, a bad, but maybe just a little bit disappointing. Uh, Dylan Brown this week for me. So, um, and like 47 is, I guess, an okay score, but I guess when you're paying you know, in excess of 700, you're sort of maybe expecting a little bit more especially, you know, with the tries. I think he had three offloads as well. So, I'm like I said, 47 is not terrible, but you sort of would have been hoping that maybe even – I know it was a tough game against Penrith this week, but, you know, even if he could have crept up into the 60s, you probably would have been a little bit happier than that, I reckon. No, I'm the resident Dylan Brown hater, so that's fine. <laughs> yes, I'm w- well aware. <laughs> and what about the real ugly for your two? Oh, the real ugly. Uh, Isaac Thompson uh, from my beloved uh, Rabbitohs, a whopping 15 points. I know we didn't score that many, but I thought, you know what, he's a, he's a big body. Um, surely he'd be sort of running, you know, 15 times a game, a few tackle busts and offload, and you'd be sort of looking to, you know, even on a bad game, you'd sort of be hoping for, you know, a, a mid-30s sort of score with some gravy on top if we scored some tries. But... 15, um, yeah, very disappointing for Mr. Thompson this week. Got a super coach with your head, not your heart, buddy. Jeez. I know. The Rabbitohs jersey know. got you in, didn't it? Yeah, the red and green, it just blinded me. So anyway, uh, we'll have to work out what we do with him over the next couple of weeks, that's for sure. I know what I'd be doing with him, but I don't have to because I don't have him, so that's good. But for <laughs> yeah. me, the good was yeah. definitely Nico Hines. I was really big on bringing him in this week. Uh, so I just, it's always good when something in super coach works out. And this year yep. for me, 
Uh, I've had a real struggle to start the season, as I think a lot of coaches have. And it was just the elation turned into just relief more than anything. Like I couldn't even be that (laughs) celebratory about it because it was just like, oh, finally it came off. Like Because, you know, so many moves that you make, all of them are calculated, all of them you think are going to come off and have a really good chance. But in the super coach, it doesn't always work out that way. I just haven't hit on one of those real big ones yet. And it was like, wow, I finally did it. Great. Now we're in business. Now my super coach season is alive and kicking. So made me feel alive and kicking with his 180. Having said that, the bad was that I didn't captain him. So I I, I was kind of looking at him possibly, but the other two were Harry Grant and Turbo. And I was just really gun shy with Turbo because... And whenever I own him, he goes bad for me or gets hurt. I never captained him for the right week. And, you know, I, I didn't own him at the start of the season. I didn't get that big score to captain him that a lot others did with the ton. So I was thinking about it. And then I was like, no, you know what? Don't overthink it. Stick with Grant. Grant did me good the week before with 105. Surely this game, like, it's the best matchup he could have playing the West Tigers. Surely it's just, you know, the floor has to be like 65. He's, he's got to be good. Anyway, obviously didn't work out for me. So that was pretty bad because I very easily could have gone to Nico and I didn't, um, but the ugly, and it is absolutely, absolutely ugly on my bench. So I've got to talk about that. I know a lot of people probably did it, but it doesn't make it any prettier that hmm. Khan Pereira, 117 points is on my bench. Warbrick is 88 on my bench. And I've said this two weeks in a row, but honestly, both weeks I've I've switched guys around at the last minute, you know. And I think even in one of our little chat groups that me and you were both in, I asked a, asked a quick question about you know who you, who who you'd pick, and I sort of stuck with it. I ended up leaving CNK out, which was good, but you know, Alamoti, yeah, he could have been in and out for me, and I left him in there, and he's got his forty-one, and that was the worst score in my team. When very easily, I could have gone across to Warbrick and like. Carl Pereira, you know, I probably can't be too unhappy with 117 missing out on that Andrew because I, I really don't want to play him. Yeah. But Warbrick made yep. sense. And I was just like, Barnsley, you know, Warbrick is a winger. He's playing the West Tigers. Of course he's going to yep. get a try. Why didn't you just do it? <laughs> well, the thing is with that one as well is like, even like if last week he, against the Titans, even if he got, you know, 32 or something like that, you'd sort of be like, okay, like at least it's there. I'll just keep playing because the matchup's good. Like the fact that his score previous was like that bad, mm-hmm. like, you know, scoring the teens, I think that's just thrown so many people off because normally, like you said, matchup perfect Melbourne winger against, you know, the Shemols, or that is the Tigers at the moment. It's like, okay, well, that's happy days. So, like, it's just, it, it's like a two week sort of hurt because, like, a lot of people played Warbrick. Like, I know I played Warbrick the week before for his whopping 12 or 13 or whatever it was. And then you sit in for 88. So you sort of sit there going, well, Honestly, what do I do? I should just play him against Penrith. He'll probably get a hat-trick or something like that. Yeah, 100%. And it's really hard. The, the centering roulette every week is really difficult. And it's one of those things where we're going to go into a bit of a strategy chat soon, but that's going to be about Nico, but just slight strategy segue on the ugly in my mm. team. It's one of the things that's made me look at it and go, I just, I really want to get center wings as quick as I can because just yeah. having to choose between these guys, you're playing the lottery. You know, and we all know how hard yep. it is to win the lottery because none of us win it. And it's the same <laughs> as the Supercoach lottery with the centre wing. You know, I guarantee I will pay, play the wrong ones again next week, as most people will. And it, there'll be one person out of 150,000 that hits the Supercoach lottery of playing 
all the right cheapies that all hit the most points, you know? Like, no one... Very few people would have played a Carm Pereira and a Warbrick and all these other guys that scored well, you know? It's just so hard to pick, isn't it? Yeah, well, and I think even the guy that won this week's thing, I think he even sat Taruba. Now, like, for me, like, I wouldn't even think to sit Taruba because, like, his running is just phenomenal and obviously a great Penrith side. So to sit Peruva and then to play one of those other blokes, you just have to sit there and go, well, he's obviously insane or a genius. So maybe he's just a genius. I think it's it's a few people that just have a hat and a few names in it, and that's just what they go for. And you know what? <laughs> just pull, it could be a pull great, them out each week. It could be a great drinking game with mates, you know? Get your mates over on yeah. a Thursday afternoon, have some drinks, put them all in a hat. We'll pick who your centre wing's going to be this week, and then we'll go over to Andrew and, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, yeah. it's, it's tough, but... Look, yeah, it's unbelievable. Let's look at the round. Uh, finally, we've got a massive score. So the previous best score in a round so far after a month, well, before the month hit, was the Karaz the week before, uh, 148. And then Nico Hines got us 180. We still got no one aside from those two scores that have gone 130 plus. So it's still interesting that it's quite a low scoring year so far. And we do have a month of data mm-hmm. now, which is quite a bit. But 180, that's our first real big daddy score. And it's, I don't want to rub it in because it's going to sound like, you know, Captain Hindsight and stuff. And I'd never like to be like that. But I did say on last week's podcast, one of the reasons I was so adamant and so big on getting Nico in was because he he was at 5% ownership. And if you can get a massive 150 plus score out of Nico at 5% ownership, like you will never get that throughout the year from anyone else. So it's just such a massive leg up. And we actually did it, Andrew. Like, we we got 180 out yeah. of him at the 5% ownership. Well, and you can give yourself a wrap on that too because you spruiked Hines the whole off-season as well, even to the point where I think you were even talking at one point about starting Hines over Nathan Cleary. Yes. So, like, give yourself a bit of a wrap there. And, like, I just... It, it's a, it's not, it wasn't so much a tough one. But like, if, if he was playing uh cowboys or panthers or whatever in that round maybe sort of people sort of could have thought twice about it but like that matchup was just so like it was so good like they just leaked so many points st george and he he just touches the ball so often and especially in their attacking sort of area like he will touch the ball three or four times a set so every time they score a try like he is going to get points, whether it be from the full-blooded assist or whether it's just a contribution and he's thrown an offload in that set. Like like every time they score a try, he's getting, say, 10 points on average. So it's just – he just touches it that often that it's so hard to, like, sit there and not own him. Like, it's scary. Like, even if he didn't have those assists on the weekend, like, he threw four offloads and busted five tackles and kicked five goals. Oh, like, it's just, he's crazy. just everywhere. He, and that's the thing. His base, uh, base attack and goals just gives him such a good four. But – can we just sit here for a minute and marvel at this top score for this round? Because it did not include a line break or a try, and he scored 180 points. Yeah, that like to be able to do that is phenomenal. And I'm I'm not going to go through and spend three days going through every, all the Supercoach history books to see, but I don't remember anyone going 150 plus without a try line break. I don't think it's ever yeah. happened before. Yeah, and he did it. It would be hard to find. And he had the Hamian Lowelli go over, oh yes, and drop the ball pretty much over. Like so, like like that could have it could have been two hundred with no try. Like it, it's 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 just like it's incredible. Like it's it's just like he just like I said, he touched the ball that off, and he also hopped off the field with ten minutes to go as well. Don't forget that. So like it's just 
like when when did it stop like he ran for 150 meters he threw four offloads like he and my thing is as well like it's not like he hides in defense either he makes 20 tackles a game as well so like he just he can't stop scoring points which is why i'm so happy like to own him because like even if they come up against a good side which like they've got the roosters after the after that buy which i'm sure we'll get to that's going to be a tricky game but like his floor is that good where it's like okay well even if they get beat he's probably still going to get 60. Well, like you said, everything they do goes through him. So, I mean, he yeah. had he had 56 points between try assists and try contributions. Yeah. 56 points between try assists and try contributions. Mm-hmm. And, like, you watch the game and you could see that he was doing a lot. You could see he was having a blinder. You mm-hmm. could see how involved, yeah, how involved he was and, and how good he was. But you still, like, in my head when I'm watching it, I still don't. I still get surprised when I look at the Supercoach score and go, "Jesus, the 160, mm-hmm. you know." And then he updated to yeah. 180, 160. Like it didn't even look like because it was so effortless. And that's how he plays. He's just like you said, his hands are on everything that you don't even realize how quickly he starts racking up his score. Um, look, we do need to move on, but geez, that was a big one for this week. But the second, the second scorer um, was a, a massive pot as well, mm-hmm. and that was Greg Marzu, who. I was huge on in the off-season, starting to get some groundswell, uh, which I was filthy about because it was weeks after I was, like, really into him, had him in my team, and mm-hmm. he had that really good trial game. And then he obviously didn't get to play. Um, but he's come on now with one game and scored 122 points, which included two tries. But it needs to be said, the reason why we love Big Greg is because it also included 24 points of that 122. was just pure tackle breaks. Yeah. And that's why we love him. So... Big one from him, and I'm going to talk about this next guy in the same sentence, Jesse Ramian. Uh, other thing that he said on last week's podcast is that Nico is also going to help everyone else out because those backs are kind of bums without him. Jesse Ramian rocks up, scores 120 points, 34 in tries, again, the same as Big Marju. Uh, but again, you look at everything else, 20 in tackle breaks. You know, it's just these guys go up a notch mm-hmm. when they've got Nico there. But these two guys here... They're, they're kind of the battering rams and Marju and Ramian just come in at really low ownership and bust out 120 pluses and now they become pretty relevant again. Yeah, and I, I look at that Cronulla game as well. Like you mentioned that Nico sort of has that impact on everyone. Like all of the people, like all that whole back line has scored really, really well that game. Like Will Kennedy was the least one and he's had a great year so far. So like Ramian 120, Ronaldo nearly got 100. Katawa 60, Talakai 60, but like it's just like there's just so many super coach boys. And like granted, like they're not gonna play the dragons each week. I get that, but like you said, because they play so up tempo and sort of hyper style, like their base then sort of goes through the roof. And when you've got those like retreating def- defenses, then your tackle buck busts, like you know, Ramian sort of fending off blokes and then offloading, all of a sudden, like a run's not worth two, it's worth sort of six. And like it just makes the scoring like so much more interesting. Watch, um, Marju's a fun one. He might be a real, real interesting one. A one that we have to sit on the fence with next week as well. I reckon uh, he he could be a really hard owner, a really, really good own this year. I think. Yeah, zero point four percent. He got that one twenty two as far as his ownership. And Jesse Ramian was at zero point eight percent ownership. So yeah. that is huge. And then Zach Hosking, number four, one hundred seventeen points, zero point two ownership. And then you've got other guys like Dane Gago with 109, 0.5. Can I just tell you, and this is like absolutely ridiculous, out of the top seven scores, all of which were 100 plus, mm-hmm. we've got five of those seven that are under 1% ownership. Wow. Under 1%. Absolute ultimate pod city. 
at 0.8% and lower in the ownership stakes for five out of the top seven scores. Yeah. And and the fifth guy, like no one played at 53% with um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so really, game. like, it's you basically the whole top seven were very low played. Um, and then even Lockie Miller is at number eight. He looks really good, 103 points. And he's looking great, and he was in, he was goal kicking too, so he becomes pretty interesting. But he's at, he's at seven point six percent ownership. Um, Britton Acora was just off the top, the the ton at ninety eight points, and he's at two percent ownership. And he again is one of those sharks that's that's going to benefit from Nico being there, but has also started the season well. So mm-hmm. really interesting uh, with the tons this week that almost all of them were were pods, and most of them were ultra ultra pods. It's a trend that just seems to keep you on, keep you on, Andrew. Week after week, it just keeps happening. So it goes to show, like we said last week on the podcast, why it's so important when you do get those guys like Nico Hines that are bread and butter owned guys that everybody's going to have or, or should have or they're really popular. You can't miss out on those tons because it's so hard to find them now with those big ones. So pretty huge. Um, we may as well just go straight into the Nico chat now, mate, with the yep. strategy. Yeah. Obviously, He's thrown up 180 points, like we said. Now, I'm going to quote something that I said last week, and I want your opinion on it. Partially why I was so pro buying Nico last week was because, and I'm pretty much quoting verbatim here, he's playing the Dragons and the Warriors. It's two really good matchups, but after that, he's got to buy. It gets harder. You don't want to miss out on the one big score this week and then be stuck with the Warriors and a buy and having to decide what the hell you're going to do because it becomes so much harder then. And... Look what's happened, <laughs> you know. So, how do you feel about it as far as your strategy now? Like, if you didn't get on last week, where are you at with it? Yeah, I think right now he's still a buy, and I think you have to get him this week because, again, like, it, and even more from like a, I guess, like a, a monetary thing. Like, I know everyone has he's expensive, right? But like, let, let's say he goes a hundred again, and all of a sudden his break evens, you know, twenty five, thirty. I'm not sure exactly what it'll be, but. And people say, okay, well, I'll, I'll set aside the funds to get him after that buy. But two factors. A, they've got the Roosters that first game after the buy. So that's a, that's a tough matchup. So, like, I guess $900,000 for your first game to be a tough one where you might only get a, you know, 50 to 70 score or whatever. That's sort of, I guess, a harder pill to swallow. We saw that with Talakai when everyone bought him at 800 grand last year. And then he sort of busts out that 25 against the, the Broncos. But it's more like... If you leave him, what happens if all of a sudden Cam Murray goes down and uh, John Chidesco goes down? All of a sudden, you've got two fires that you need to put out. And then all of a sudden, you've either got to use a boost to get him or you just can't get him. And then you might miss the next matchup, which is against the Bulldogs. So, like, for me, I, I was always in the same boat with you. I thought with those two matchups, and given the fact that the Sharks took that much time to bring him back, they like especially like they lost a few games in that first few, but they didn't rush him. So like I had a gut feeling I knew he'd be right. You just didn't want to miss the tons, as you said. And like I guess the old adage is the if you've had a ton, it's like it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a ton the next week as well. It probably means you're further away from getting another ton. So you don't want to miss the ones that they get, basically. But uh, in short, I would still get him this week, and I would do what I can to get him, basically. Yeah, I think that's really fair. I will say, like we said last week, St. George and the Warriors are his two best scores he's ever had. And it's not even last week against St. George. Mm-hmm. He's got 182 against St. George previously. So 
the Warriors, yeah. he's got his all-time high, which he did just last year playing halfback of 185 points. Mm-hmm. And I made the joke during the week, he did that with 11 men on the field. What's he going to do with the team yeah. of 13? Well, I was going to say, half of them were sitting in the crowd after that game, so all got sent off, didn't they? Correct. So, so you know, he's coming in in red-hot form, and he absolutely blitzed this Warriors team. Granted, they're different this year, but it is not being played in New Zealand, which is a big deal. And he's got form against some really big form. He actually averages 108 points against the Warriors, which obviously includes all his games off the bench and everything else too. So it's mm-hmm. it, it's a really good matchup for him. I don't care how anyway you slice how the Warriors are going this year. And it's at Points Bet Stadium, which he hasn't had a game at yet because he's away at Jubilee on the weekend. So well, and it's also a daytime game as well. So like, and that's that's another big factor as well. And if the Warriors don't have Tohu, I know he's been named, but like, sure, he's got to be in some sort of doubt. Like that could change the whole dynamic of them as well. Like I would be so scared not owning him again this week, basically. Like I, I just couldn't, like, especially if your matchup was tight. Like how could you sit there and watch him go, oh my God, he's ran three times in the first 10 minutes and thrown three offloads. And like, it's just, it's so scary not having him. You'd certainly need a couple of cases of beer and some heavy medication, but it would, Correct. You know, and it could be a fun afternoon. It could be a really bad yeah. afternoon at the yeah, same time. Yeah, it could time. be yeah, really high or really low, I think, yes. Um, but, yeah, I, I tend to agree that you can just go and get him in and not worry about the buy. I will have a little bit of a devil's advocate, though. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing teams do some crazy stuff, and I just think, like, there's always a line in the sand, and we are only talking about one game here, and then he's off, and you can sort of take a big breath and not worry about it in round six. So, like, if you are trading Nathan Cleary to Nico Hines and either find another way or you are a team that has to say, I stuffed up, I didn't plan enough, I didn't get him in, and I need to put some bank aside for the next couple of weeks and get him in around seven because Mm -hmm. there's a lot to be said on knee-jerking to the point that you're ripping your team apart and you're just going to have to fix other stuff because... I'm seeing a lot of people trade Nathan Cleary. He's in the top 10 most traded out, which we're going to talk about. And all those trades are straight to Nico Hines. Now, Nathan Cleary, we're going to talk about later as a captaincy option. He's playing the Canberra Raiders. Like he could put on 140 points this week. What are you going to do then? Go back and try and get Nathan Cleary the following week and be in the same predicament. You know, you you can't just keep chasing your tail and you can't make, you, you can make some calculated ones. Like certainly I think, you know, people are looking at disappointing guns such as a Cam mm-hmm. Murray, um, such as a even a Valentine Holmes. Like for me, I, I've got Nick Meany as a premium centre wing. He's been really good for me, but their draw starts to drop off. So he's an easy one to drop out. There's some, mm-hmm. there's some easy big money avenues, but there's also some really trappish ones that are going to trap you into a bad decision. And and trading a Nathan Cleary is probably one of the biggest ones. Like that's a bad decision. Um, trading a Tedesco, I still think is a bad decision because he does it, he's passed his buy. And he's got the Paramount Eels this week, which we're going to talk about later. He's historically, you know, quite good against and he matches up really well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, you know, for a lot of teams, try and get him in, you know, try everything you can. But for some, you're just not going to be able to. And that might be the best move for you because the downside, you know, is obviously he goes nuts this week. But the upside is you give yourself two weeks, you got round five and six, get your team in order, plan a bit, and then have him in round seven. Because the other thing that can happen too as well, if you don't plan, and this is the third group of people, the ones that just go, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to stick to my guns or I'm going to get him later. He's going to be a million dollars potentially. 
okay? And <laughs> you're not going to be able to afford it. So that's the other thing that people need to realise, Andrew. If they're not planning on getting him in in the next few weeks, I think that they pretty much have to change their plans, right? Yeah. Well, and the thing is as well, like it's the, the Nathan Cleary move is the only way I wouldn't get him. Like Especially like you said, like they've got the Raiders this week. That's with no Jack White as well. And like Cleary is going to be running at probably Frawley. And then two weeks after that, they've got Newcastle. So like there's two of the next three games that like you are going to either want to vice captain or captain Cleary, you would assume. So like that's not the option. I think like this sounds really weird, but the key to probably even getting Nico, if you don't have any, might be Josh Schuster's duel. So if you can maybe be in like a, a Murray or a, a, not necessarily a Tarpany, but, you know, a, I guess a fallen gun or a decent priced um, second rower and then shift Schuster around, that might actually free up a little bit more money than just being going straight from, um, you know, straight from Cleary to him. But no, I, I don't think you can sell Cleary to get him. I think you need to add Nico to Cleary. I don't think you need to be instead of at this point of the year. Yep, uh, 100%. And I think being this is a strategy chat of the podcast, your strategy needs to be to have, and I think we forget this sometimes, the, the absolute top echelon best scoring players in your team as quick as possible week in, week out. And Nico Hines is the number one. He was the number one last year. I'm confident he's going to be the number one again this year. He's just thrown down 180. And with those top few guys, you have to have them in because they can replicate it over and over again. We've seen Nico go three, four big scores in a row before. He's done it. Don't trade another guy that can go three, four big scores in a row, which is a, a Nathan Cleary or mm-hmm. even a James Tedesco. Like These are the guys that you need in your team. You need to have all of them. So don't swap one out and still be mm-hmm. one short. You need, your strategy needs to be to have yeah. all of them and have all of them as far as fast as you can. So certainly I don't think it's the end of the world for teams, Andrew, if they can't get him in, if they can't get Nico in this week, plan, bite the bullet, keep Cleary, keep Teddy, um, and just, you know, yeah. bank some money, do some downgrades, plan for the future. Yeah. Know next week that Nico owners are going to have to sit on their hands with him because he can't play. And then the week after, mm-hmm. you know, you can hopefully get back on board and the buy might have helped you out a little bit. So I, I certainly think they're not – it's not dire straits as much as what people think, but you should be doing everything you can to get him in, I think, is the is the point. And if everything you can gets him, then that's great. If everything you can do doesn't, don't go beyond that point, I think is what we're saying. <laughs> I'd say if he gets 150 again this week, though, then it probably starts to be dire straits. So, yeah, I think – you need to have him by, I think, that Bulldogs game in round seven. Like, that is the absolute latest you can have him, I think. 100%. So. Yeah, you have to have him by then. So start doing your planning and everything and try your hardest to get him this week. And certainly I would trade most players to get him, um, but I certainly mm-hmm. not the elite ones. And I think every not clear. everybody's got yeah. some, of these other, some of these guys, right? Like, surely most teams have got a Murray or a Val Holmes or... Um, mm-hmm. uh, well, not many have many, but you know, the, the, you have to have some combination Someone. of these guys. Yeah, a top top O or something like that. Yeah, and they're the perfect ones. And it's a really good week. You know, it's you know, I've seen people say, oh, you know, I don't really want a um, a shoe stoke. He's not very good. Yeah, but it's a downgrade. Just take it. Just just take it to get Nico. It's your ticket to get him. The last part of the strategy I want to ask you about. Um, I was asked about this a few times. I actually spoke about it last week as well. Pezzet as a stepping stone. Now, as we know, Pezzet is a half who has come in and he's scored 78 and 64 points the last two weeks. 
And he's got a massive B minus 82. Uh, that's aside from Hop God, who is a god, so he doesn't even count. Yeah, that's he's just uh, the god's gift to everything. That <laughs> so aside from the god, he, that's the biggest break even that we've seen. Now, he's obviously going to start this week against your boys. And against Souths, he could throw up a 20 and still make 100K. So, you know, it's it's a quick trading trade out. I mean, if he scores a, a 70 or something, then all of a sudden you're looking at maybe 140K, 130K. And it's a pretty good money maker for a week, and it's a pretty good stepping stone. Now, the week after is the key, right? Because it, maybe there's a slim chance that he retains a bench utility spot in round six when the Sharks are on a buy, and you have um, Hughes back. You know that could mm-hmm. happen. And even if he gets twenty minutes that game, he'll have a negative break even. He can make an extra thirty, forty, fifty grand maybe. So, pairs it as a stepping stone. Is this a viable strategy for those that can't get Nico? Because there's certainly some people who say maybe a Sam Walker or, or, or some of these other halfbacks that, that can't quite make the money work, can't quite get there. Going to a peasant as a short term, you know, it, you're going to get at least 100K out of it, it seems. So maybe that's a stepping stone to have the money over the next two weeks as a strategy to get to him after mm. that buy. Yeah. Um I think if he was a bit closer in price to start with, I think it's a viable option. I think just more the fact that like he's still seven hundred thousand dollars away. So like even if he makes like like you said in the next two weeks, even if he has a little bit, even if he gets one hundred and fifty k in the next two weeks, which is obviously a fair crack, like you're still five hundred and fifty away. So like you're still going to have to do other stuff. So I'm not sure who you're downgrading to get, but if you're downgrading like a like I don't even know who you downgrade to get to him. Like like a walker or something like that. Can you maybe find just another way to get the three hundred straight up rather than going down and then up and maybe missing this Warriors one? Like he's a good one for draft, Pezzet. Actually, I know you love your draft, so mm. I think Pezzet was a great one for draft last week. Um, stepping stone for classic. Oh, I I don't know, mate. I. I don't think so. Even with that break here, I think it's just more one of those ones. Or so it's a bit of bad luck. If it was closer to origin, like if this were if we were in round eight or nine and this presented itself, you'd probably nearly take him because you know you're gonna um you're gonna be without Munster for you know a handful of those games yeah. over that six or seven week period. But because it's this early in the year, like you've still got like you know eight weeks until that round thirteen bye. Like, do you really want like if you get stuck with him, like you're gonna get stuck with only having one half back for the next eight weeks, which it probably isn't ideal, I don't think. So, it, like I said, if it was closer, maybe. Um, but I, I, I still don't think so, even with that great BE. Yeah, I think the only way it works is if you bank a heap of cash and your team projects to be okay the next week. Like going yeah. to Sam Walker down to Peasant, you're going to get 420K out of that or something. So you've got 30K in your bank. There's your 450K. Um, and then you're going to get maybe 100K to 150K, best case scenario, over the next fortnight. Um, and there's your kind of... You've also got to have this... Well, you got to have the self control not to then spend that money mm. as well, which not a lot of us do. So, like, if you've got all of a sudden you see five hundred grand in your bank account, all of a sudden like a, a trade from I don't know Warbrick to Lockie Miller, so oh that looks good too, and all of a sudden you spend your money and you're like oh shit, what am I going to do now? So it's <laughs> it's yeah, I don't, um, I it, not for me. I sort of see it. Like I said, if it was like if it was sort of closer to that buy period, you could actually sort of eke a fair bit out of him, sort of like a you know, you sort of might be able to get four or five games and most of them with a negative break here, but you might sort of accidentally get to 450K and you're sort of laughing, but it's just probably, it's not quite enough, I don't reckon. 
Yeah, I think the only team that that strategy is going to work for is if you absolutely have nothing else. Like if you you might have started with Schuster uh, and you might have started yep. with, you might have held forward and you've just mm-hmm. got no downgrades anywhere and you're all also you just can't because you've got guys, you've picked well and all all your guys are guys that you can't trade, Cleary, Teddy, et cetera, or guys who have got a negative break even that you can't trade because it's you know, you're going to lose money out of doing that. So, yeah, there's going to be some of those teams and maybe it works for them because the only person they can trade is maybe one of their dud halves. Um, that maybe. Mm-hmm. But for most, like if you've got, I, I, I agree with Andrew for like 95% of traders, I think you can just find the money elsewhere and saving up over a couple of weeks because you're going to have to wait a couple of weeks for Nico anyway. So instead of going the peasant route, just trade someone else for a longer term view. Like if you've got yeah. a Dory that you can downgrade to a Schuster just to get an 80K, you know, you're going to do that trade anyway, probably. So why not just do it and just save that money and then find another trade that you can do it and save that money and then look at guys that are going to maybe peak in your center wing in, a, in, a, in the next fortnight and go, well, in a fortnight, I can actually trade this bloke and, you know, I'll just downgrade to whatever I can. You know, I think there's other ways that most teams can probably find it. Yeah, there's always going to be a cheapie. Like, there's never a week where, like, you're like, oh, my God, there's no cheapie. There's always one which you can sort of grab. Like, I know last week was Sloan. I didn't jump on Sloan. But, like, like, there's always a guy you can get to. Like, this week, you know, with Ford and Schuster being, you know, both very, very good options. Like, there's always someone you can go down to. Um, Or even if it's just a, a sort of a sort of random center wing with who's got a good draw for the next three or four weeks. So like, there's always someone you can get down to to generate some money. I, I just don't think, like, you know, it's only going to be two weeks with Pezzet as well. Like if it was sort of like an injury for Hughes where like it's sort of two to four, you sort of might be able to gamble a little bit and go, well, if he gets four, he might get to 400,000 all of a sudden I'm close, but you know, it's only going to be two weeks. So, you know, he's going to be back. So uh, that, that probably would turn me off doing it. Let's move along to market watch. Round five. Top ten most traded out, first of all. This is fate. The number one most traded out player is a Rabido. Mm. His name starts with Cam. Yes. And his last name ends in Uri. Cam Murray, six hundred sixty six thousand at the moment after dropping almost fifty thousand dollars and almost eighty three thousand dollars on the season. Four point two percent of coaches are currently trading him out, and that is rising fast. Now, I think at the start of the season, it looked pretty good when you started with him. Had 84 points, played 80 minutes, 60. That was in full base. And it was like, well, happy days. I picked a gun. I'm getting the gun. This is great. Next three scores, though, were a worry. 40, 61, and 60 points. Not the worst thing in the world. And I think that, you know, you take that 40 out and you go, look, 84, 61, and 60. It's not too bad. Uh, he played 82 minutes last week. Um, that's a bit of an issue too, though, because his PPM mm-hmm. is currently at a career low. And after a month of footy, you do start to worry about that being a concern going forward. Is this a trend? Because, you know, he's significantly below where he's been before. He's always been above a one PPM. And now he's at 0.85 on the season. And it, that's a bit of a concern. Aside from round one, Every week he's been well below mm-hmm. a one PPM. So I guess that's the worry with him. He's got a break even of 80. So I think people are panicking a little bit in the, he's not going to drop heaps more cash. So he's not one of those guys where you've got to protect your bankroll by getting rid of him. But I do understand people doing it because they can do it to a Schuster and then get a, 
they, they can get Nico Hines in and away you go. I've got no no issue with that trade to draw. Um, I do maybe have an issue if you're just going to go sideways a little bit because I think that he can probably come good. So if you're maybe going to mm-hmm. get another forward, Andrew, that you think's a gun that's going to score better, I don't really think that's there at the moment. But he's your boy. He's a rabbit mm-hmm. How do you feel mm-hmm. about Cam Murray? Um, I, I'm a little bit on the same lines as you. Like, I don't think it's like worth going like a Murray to like a, you know, like a Teague Wilton or a Pat Carrigan or something like that, who are in a similar price. Like, uh, like eventually, and like you said, the scores aren't bad. Like they're still 60, 60, 80, take the 40 out. That 40 was against Penrith too. Um, he is seemed to be doing a lot more passing. Um, uh, and I, I don't know, maybe if sort of subconsciously, because our middles have been so depleted at the start of the year, maybe, Maybe he's sort of not protecting himself, but he's just sort of taken the foot ever so slightly off the gas to make sure that he gets through those big minutes because, you know, Christ, we need him. Um, because at the moment, you and I could probably run <laughs> through the middle. Uh, we're, we're that short on troops. So, and, and the issue with South, like our draw has been so tough to start. By the time it actually opens up, like he's got origin. So, like, that's, that's where it's a little bit concerning where. Obviously, against the better teams, he plays more minutes. But like you said, his PPM's down. So I see the reason why people are trading him. And like, if you trade him to someone and that gets you Nico, I really like that. But if you're not using that money to get to Nico, to get to Nico, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I tend to agree. I'm not going to talk anyone out of it um, if they're set on doing it. But what I will say to finish off on Cam Murray, I think the best advice that I reckon anyone can get on it is if you. Uh, umming and ahhing about Cam Murray is one of your trade outs or you're not happy with him, decide this week. Like, throw everything else off the table. You decide this week whether you want Cam Murray or not because you can't afford to decide in two weeks, I'll trade him to Nico then. You know, like, if that's your trade, decide now. And if you decide you want to keep Cam Murray, cool, keep him. Don't trade him in two weeks, but make that decision now because I think now is the time because you can either have Nico now for that Warriors game or, you know, you're going to end up trading the same guy anyway. You could have traded to have him, but you're not going to get that Warriors game and you're going to wait two weeks for Nico. It doesn't make any sense. So for those Cam Murray teams, mm-hmm. don't even think about Nico. Don't even think about anyone else for that week. Your only decision is, do you want Cam Murray going forward? And either, yes, you do when you're going to, you know, commit to Cam Murray or you don't. And in which case, jump off now. Don't wait to do it. Just jump off right now. The second guy, Adam Dewey. Andrew, we spoke about him last week. He, he just, I feel really bad for Adam. Everybody just keeps jumping off week after week. I don't know what else he needed to do on the weekend. Like I actually <laughs> said to myself, oh, geez, people that traded him out are probably feeling pretty bad about this because he scored 54 points against Melbourne in another losing effort. 35 of that was in raw base. And he did quite a bit, you know, like that's his best raw base of the season. They only scored 12 points. So he only got to kick two goals, but he still ran the ball 21 times and had three offloads and a tackle break. Like, I, I don't know what more you can expect from him. He didn't have any clutch attack and he still threw out a 54 for you. That's pretty good. He's only 570,000. Yeah. You, you're not talking about a guy that's 800 grand that you can get to Nico. So yeah. trading him out at the moment, I just, I, I don't want to say it's short-sighted because I guess some of these teams are using that money to go to um, Nico. So the other trade that can happen is, Dewey to Schuster, and then, you know, another trade to get to Nico. I'm not going to talk people out of that because I think Nico is that important, Andrew. But if you're not doing that, 
Uh, I just think that people are probably selling Dewey, Dewey a little bit short. And I was actually pleased with what he did on the weekend, considering. Mm-hmm. And playing the Broncos this week, the Broncos love playing fullbacks because they like to give him heaps of super coach points, don't they? <laughs> well, he's got hundreds the last two times they played. The Broncos on Philly saw us or something the other day. Granted, that was at 5 8. But um, I was one of those ones that sold Dewey on the weekend. Um, I think in the long term, like he's one that you'll probably at some point want to go with again because. Like he, he just does a lot. He looked awful that Bulldogs game. And granted, the Tigers have looked nothing short of horrendous for four weeks. So I get it. I think if you were going to sell him, I think selling him last week at 610 was the go, not this week at yep. 570. I know it's only 400, I know it's only 40 grand, but it's still like, you know, that's, that's a, it's a decent wad of money. I've got no idea what they're going to do if they're going to keep him at fullback or not. Like, honestly, like, who who would know? Like, there's every chance he plays lock next week. We just wouldn't even know. So, if I kept him for the Melbourne game, I'd probably just hang on to him. Like, Brisbane and Para can both leak a little, and then they've got the buy where hopefully maybe his his foot sort of heals up a little bit and he gets a bit of a break. But straight off the buy with Manly and Penrith makes it a little bit tricky. Like, if I held on to him last week, I would probably still hold on to him this week. I think last week was the time to sell. Yeah, I just don't see a, a huge amount of value in selling him. If you need to and you have to, fine, go for it. Yeah, but I, I think the teams are feeling like that they have to, regardless of who they're getting in, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's the case at all. It might be. It might just be a case of like, oh, he is the ticket to, again. Like we keep going back to Nico. Like he's the ticket to Nico. Maybe like that. That could just be it. But like it's still it's still three hundred something k to get there as well. So I don't know. It's. I would have sold him last it's week. It's pretty not funny that Nico's driving pretty much the whole trade market at the moment. <laughs> Everyone, it, like, it's honestly, it's it's yeah. So like when Elon took over Twitter, like, the whole world's just gone crazy. Well, look, I, I like his matchup this week against the Broncos, and five hundred seventy k is not a lot of money. So you know, he his best score ever is one hundred fifty four points, and he put that on the Broncos in the last two years. So that's something to note. Um, let's move along to the next guy. So. When we're checking out the third one, it's Sam Walker. I'm not going to spend any time on this one. Uh, it makes complete sense. I wouldn't be surprised if Sammy Walker goes well this week, but look, you're trading him to Nico Hines. Fine. Tohu Harris, number four. This one's a bit more trickier. So he hurt his knee on the weekend, uh, which inevitably Tohu does, and it's normally a knee. But <laughs> something, it's one, yes. It's something. Um, it's one of the reasons why I always hold off him, right? Like I... Everyone talks up Tohu, he's going to be the best front, front row forward at the end of the year or even best second row forward in his past. Really solid, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but he's going to get hurt. Like, he's, last year he played 15 games. Year before he played 15 games. Year before he played 20, 2019 he played 13. Like, he he doesn't play more than 60% of a season. And you can get him now for the buy. The buy is that far away in round 13 that every chance he's going to be hurt and he's not going to do anything for you anyway. He's hurt his knee, played 36 minutes, and he's been named to start this week, and that's what makes it really hard. He's got a break-even of almost 100, just under. So he's going to start leaking a bit of cash. What do you do? Now, Andrew, I tend to think that he's going to probably get ruled out. Uh, I think that the telling thing for me on the weekend was that they, they had a look at it at halftime. They strapped it up and said, try and have a go, and then he had to come off within five minutes. He couldn't do it. Um, so I'm not sure how well it'll go this week or how much they'll push him when they've got so many forwards at their disposal and it's only around five. So certainly if he's out this week, I think he's an easy sell. But, you know, what do you do if he's still sitting there? What do you do if he's all strapped up, ready to go, 
And he's been playing 80 minutes until he got hurt last week. Like, do mm. you run the gauntlet or do you just say goodbye now? I, th- I think you say goodbye. And I think you say goodbye for a reason, I guess, you should have been. Like, they've got so many forwards there. Like, it's why, it's why I guess, a lot of people held off getting him in the first place. Because like this, it's still a four-forward bench. And they're still, I think they've still got current in like the reserves as well. So like, they've got forwards coming out of their Wahoo. So like, even if he plays, like the whole, I guess, appeal of Tohu is that you get an 80 minute middle who, you know, works at, you know, a good, a decent enough PPM where he just accumulates stats. But like, what happens if they go, all right, you're clearly not 100%. Let's go back to 60 this week. And all of a sudden it's, you're getting 52, 53. Like that's, probably more of a hindrance than anything because all of a sudden you've got a decision to make again next week and you've got a shit score out of it so for me i think it's a sell um regardless i think and like the thing is like front row forward at the moment like everyone's doing like everyone's apart from Haas, everyone's sort of floating in that 50 to 65 range anyway so you might be able to find someone at you know like a 450k make 200k and there's again a, another ticket to get a higher price player so for me sell Sell, sell. Tanner Boyd. What a disappointment Boyd has been. Mm. 40 on the season uh, and coaches have been jumping off for a couple of weeks and, you know, with very good reason. He's got the buy this week, so he's not even playing. I am going to play a bit of devil's advocate because I like to do that because I like people to consider every avenue which something might play out. And I don't like Tanner Boyd. I'm glad I didn't start with him. I did like him in the preseason as a potential guy because he was goal kicking. If you're going to Nico, and like I'll say this before every player, if you're trading this player to Nico Hines, then do the trade. <laughs> but assuming that you are not Andrew, then I will play devil's advocate here. He does have a buy, but he's one of those guys that's you know, 384,000. You've got a million of these guys that you're going to play in and out and you're just going to hold on your bench. It doesn't really matter that he's got a buy. He comes out. And he's got two games at home. The first one is at St. George. Is The first one is playing St. George. And the second one is playing the Broncos. And then he's still in Queensland where he plays the Dolphins. Now, St. George are struggling, and that's an understatement. Um, the Dolphins have a couple of players out now and all of a sudden looking a bit thin. The Broncos, granted, are playing quite well. Although I do feel like the Titans always get up a little bit when they're playing the Bronx. The next mm-hmm. three games could have a fair bit of points in them. You could also look at the fact that um, Kieran Foran's just recovered apparently, but, you know, whether he's going to be out or not, we need to see. The other guys that are going to be out, we've got AJ Brimson out at the moment. Now, when you have someone like AJ Brimson out, all of a sudden you've got to ask yourself the question, does Tanner Boyd start to get a little bit more involved? Does he start to up his usage? Is he going to take control of the attack a little bit more? I think that could happen. And then if you look at the last two weeks, he's actually had two tough games against Melbourne and the Cowboys, and he's averaged 50. He's scored 47 and 52. Not great averaging 50 the last two weeks, Andrew, but it's 10 points better than what he's priced at currently, which is going to make money. So there is a world where this is one of those, the wrath of the super coach God scenarios. You know, you sell someone that looks like shit, they are shit, and they come out the other end of the tunnel and they look like a gold nugget that you just threw in the trash. You know, it's... I could see Tanner Boyd doing that to coaches for a few weeks out of this buy. So I would sell him to Nico every day of the week. I'd still maybe sell him anyway for someone else I really wanted. He's not any good, but I can see some possibilities where he might actually hurt you a little bit. Yeah. And 
It's a weird. It's like an awkward price too, because like you can't like even if you go down from him to someone, I don't even really know who you go down to. I guess just uh, if you got a duel somewhere, but like you're not making a whole heap, but you're still a fair chunk away from someone decent as well. So it's a real awkward. One. Like he's he's seventeen, so like he'll get that and start making a little bit of money. And like you said, the draw after this buy is good. Um, it'd be interesting to see where these people who are trading him have him, whether they have him at second half back or at second hooker. Um, because if they've got him at second hooker, I wonder if they're going up or they're going down to maybe like a like a Brendan Hands or something like that. So it's an interesting one. It, it's like I'm with you. I'm sort of glad I didn't start with him. I had him pretty much the whole preseason up until about Thursday afternoon before before it kicked off, and it's sort of been a some very middling scores there, which you'd be disappointed at if you were, particularly if you had him in your 17s as well. So yeah, it's a strange one. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. There's always these really tough decisions that you have to make with these guys who invariably burn you later on. Um, and, and you always are going to sell some cheapies and mids earlier than what you should. He might be one of those guys, but wait and see. A uh, few of these guys, Braden Trindle should be sold. Um, he's mm-hmm. not playing at the moment, although really sucks because he's got a low break even. And we told you about this a couple of weeks ago. What happens if he's not playing football anymore? He's taking up your halfback spot and he can't make money anymore. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's that's what's happened. Uh, Ruben Cotter's hurt; he's got to go. Uh, Luke Garner's hurt; he's got to go. The last two, Adam Reynolds. How quickly the tables turn, Andrew. Adam <laughs> Reynolds was the pod savior at halfback a couple of weeks ago. Let's all jump on a ray. Um, I understand why. I've got him in draft. He's a bit of a run player. Uh, he scored 104 on the on the Dragons in round three. Plays the Dolphins. At Suncorp, throws up 27 last week. Uh, it's not very good, to say the least, uh, but that's what Adam Reynolds can do. I just looked at this and just laughed, though, because it's like he's, his BE is right around the 60-point mark. He's not going to lose any money, and he's playing the West Tigers at Suncorp. Like, mm. Could you imagine a world where you brought a guy in a couple of weeks ago because he, he just scored a ton against the Dragons, and you thought, he's got a great run of games. I'm going to bring him in, and he's a high-point-scoring halfback, and it's a goal kicker. And then a couple of weeks later, you go, I'm going to train him out the week he's playing the West Tigers. Like, <laughs> it's just what's well, going just, on here. Well, the thing is as well, like not many would have started with him either. So it's not like these people have like started with him, see how he gone, and then traded him out. Like people would have brought him in, like you said, probably for that Dragons game, I'd imagine. Like I reckon a lot of people would have gone Cleary to Reynolds and Cleary had that buy. So, yeah, it's in one week, out the other. Uh, I, I don't know. Like he's, he pretty much averages the same thing every year. So, like, you know exactly, you're going to get somewhere between 58 and 65. Like, he's he's always solid, but, again, we'll preface everything by saying, like, I guess if you're going to Nico, it's always an upgrade. But, again, could you have not maybe just waited for Nico rather than wasting a trade? I'm not sure. Yeah, and I hate – look, I, I keep doing it this podcast, and I feel bad about it, okay? If, you, if you're hating me at the moment, I feel bad about saying this. No, don't feel bad about it. We're, we're Nico owners. We can be happy and laugh and be happy and happy. Two weeks ago, okay, guys <laughs> and girls, two weeks ago, I said, <laughs> plan to have Nico and Cleary in your side. Like Those are the two. Nico's going to be back in the next fortnight. Plan to have him in. So you don't trade him another halfback for a week and a half and then trade him out again. You know, it's just – it's a waste. <laughs> That's what people have done. If you go to Nico, you obviously are if you're getting rid of Reynolds. Fine. But I will say he Adam Reynolds might score 104 points again this week against West Tigers. You know, if it's, if it's ever worth it, like a little bit to maybe wait on Nico, mm. if you own Adam Reynolds at the moment, 
it's probably a lot easier for you to run the gauntlet of not only Nico Hines and other coaches. Yeah. Because Reynolds is in a good spot playing the Tigers at Suncorp to actually put on a good show and some points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and like it, yeah, that that's probably a good caveat. Like it, it, there's every chance he kicks six goals and like you said, has a good score and gets somewhere close. You're not spending, you know, nearly three hundred. Like, yeah, you're probably right. He's probably the guy that if he was your second half back, you'd sort of arm and arm about going. Whereas on the other hand, like you said, with Sam Walker, I think he's got a much tougher matchup and mm. can throw a low one as well. Um, he's probably a, um, a far more obvious one to go to. And round six for Adam Reynolds too, we have to point out, you're playing Canberra at Suncorp. They're not very mm-hmm. good at Suncorp and then without Jack Whiten. So, and that's the week that the Sharks are on the bar. And the, and the Titans as well the week after. So like, he's got a little good little run. So like there's worse holds. Yeah, you, you could hold him for a couple of weeks and then sell him to Nico. And, and I'd actually almost lean to do that if I wasn't so scared that Nico would go 182 again on the um, Warriors. <laughs> yeah. uh, your last guy, and another rabbit. You get two rabbits that are top 10 most sold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Latrell Mitchell has, mm. has not started the, the season as well as what he went last year, to put it mildly. Averaging 59 points a game. He has a break even close to 130. Uh, yet to score a ton yet, 73-62-66. And I think the weekend was the one where the coaches just went, can't say the word, I'm going mm-hmm. away from him. 34 yeah. points against Manly. Got to play that one at home as well. Interestingly, he had his highest base of the year at 26, although that's probably a bad thing. And he got to play an extra two minutes of extra time too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I've said it all year, Andrew, just not getting involved enough. Just um, picking and choosing moments far too too much, and that combined with the low low base that he always has, it's just it's not any good. He's seven hundred fifty five thousand, got a big break even playing Melbourne. It looks like a tough matchup for him. Uh, it looks like a week that you could probably jump off and pull the pin. He does have the Bulldogs and the Dolphins the two weeks after that though, so that is two games where you know Latrell is going to get a ton or have a big game eventually. Maybe that's them. And again, mm-hmm. you're the South fan here. How do you feel about Latrell? Do you own him in your team? No, I don't have him in my team. And I actually think he's nearly a buy this week at that price. I know the B's high. Like Sele's back, which is another one. We've had a few tough ones. Melbourne aren't going quite as good as what they are. Still no Jerome Hughes there. So he's on that left side. Walker and him are going to be going at Pezzet. Uh, I... I could actually mount a case going the complete opposite way and actually buy him, buying him this week. Um, like you said, the Bulldogs and Dolphins the next two after that, they're great matchups where he could sort of go, you know, 90 plus on them. Panthers obviously tough, but then again, it's Broncos, Melbourne, Tigers, Para, who we always carve out. Well, I can't remember the last time Para beat us. So like the draw is finally sort of easing up a little. We're going to start getting some troops back with Arrow back soon. Um, and hopefully to Tola in the next couple of weeks. So like, I actually would go nearly go the other way. And like, maybe if it wasn't necessarily this week, but actually next week looks a great time to actually have a look at actually buying him. You might get him for nearly 700, which is a great price for him. So Yeah, 700 uh, next week is pretty good for Latrell. The moment yeah. he's 135 less than what he started. Yeah. And the, the issue with, and like, I know this is a long time of the year as well. Like, it, it's just, we're ages away. Like, and it's, it, it's so funny that super coaches think like this is a, like, he has a buy in round 26, which is a head-to-head grand finals for Supercoach as well. So, like, that for some reason has just lingered in my head for so long, and I don't know why. And it's, like, it, it just – I feel so strange, like, 
saying, oh, I'm not that keen on him because I don't get him in my grand finals. I haven't even made the fucking grand final yet. So I probably shouldn't, <laughs> be, I, I shouldn't even be thinking about that, but I have, for some reason I am. So that's just a side note. But yeah, I actually think he's closer to a buy than a sell. And that's probably against the grain a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like for me, I think you need. I think you can answer your own question by deciding who your who your fullbacks are going to be mm. for the season. Mainly, like who who do you think your top two are? Like for me, it's Turbo and Teddy. So I'm I'm sticking with Turbo and Teddy. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm not fast. But if you've decided that your fullbacks are Latrell and Turbo, and you don't like Teddy, mm-hmm. then like I wouldn't change my mind. Like I wouldn't go sideways or try and do something tricky like. I don't know, grab a, a Ruben Garrick or something and put him at your fullback spot. Like, I just think that's that's a bit of a waste because if you like Latrell that much, you're probably going to want him back in a couple of weeks' time. And like Andrew said, there's a good, some good matchups there and he's not going to have a buy anytime soon. So, yeah, it's it, it makes a bit of sense, like, if you've decided that it's it's got to be Teddy and Turbo and that's it. Um, but I think you can go either way, really. I think that's pretty mm-hmm. fair if you want to buy or sell him. Mm-hmm. Trade the in players. Great segue because we just said that Latrell's almost there. Nico Hines yeah. is number one. We can't possibly talk about it anymore. This is oh, we haven't, we haven't Hines. mentioned him once. We haven't mentioned him once this podcast, <laughs> have we? The Nico Hines dedication podcast episode. No, yeah. we, we go straight past him. Josh Schuster. I'm, I'm just going to say with Schuster, I wasn't big on getting him last week for several reasons, and one of them is that he can score really low, and he did with a 26. Uh, and also I've made the mention as well on multiple podcasts, I don't really want to play him very much at all because his, his base isn't very good. 59 and 26, he's got a minus 12 break even. Um, playing Newcastle, this might be one of the weeks where I actually will buy him because they're playing at Brookvale. But I have to say, I I think that he's a, he's a fine downgrade to make to give you some cash to a Nico or anyone else. Um, but he's not a must-have. And I think that's probably the key, Andrew, isn't it? To me, you could let him pass by and be fine. I don't think that you have to get Josh Houston in this week. So teams should probably just remember that as they're making a trade for him. Yeah, uh, nail on the head. So I think... Uh, key factors, like obviously downgrade frees up the cash and stuff. I think his jewel's really handy. Uh, and I think it will come in handy throughout the year when teams sort of start to get a bit more stacked where you can start, I guess, making some, I guess, strate- more strategic trades, um, you know, being able to trade a, a second role for a 5-8 and vice versa. I think that's really, really handy. And it probably adds 100K worth of value. Um, in regards to playing him, yeah, I, I agree. It's it's You're playing him three out of every 10, aren't you? Um, you're not you're not playing him every week. Certainly, I got him last week because I wanted Nico, so I that that was my downgrade to get him. Um, so it like, but again, I I didn't play him last week. I will probably play him this week against Newcastle, but I it's not with a whole heap of confidence. And if I had David Fafita available this week, I should have be the guy to miss. So I think where he comes in handy is that duel because, as I said, like. If you can trade, uh, you know, a uh, Alisa Katoa to Dylan Brown or something like that, that, that's a great trade if you can do it in one with that jewel. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, the jewel is really handy to be able to move around for Nico as well at the moment. Um, what I will say is that he's he's a strong candidate, Josh Schuster, to be the yo-yo player of the year for Supercoach. And the yo-yo player of the year is specifically in Supercoach, you always get these players that hang around like a bad smell in your team for way too long when you just wanted them to make their money and piss off. And <laughs> inadvertently, Josh Schuster can do that because it's the sort of player he is, but it's also the draw that he's got right. But this week, he's got a minus 12 BE. He's going in a Newcastle game. He might score okay. And you're like, all right, cool. I'm up 50 grand. Then he hits Penrith and Melbourne back-to-back. And you're like, oh, geez, now... 
I'm only up 10 grand and I've got to wait. Then he hits the Tigers and the Titans back in the money. I've almost got to 100 grand plus. Then he hits the Broncos and the Sharks oh, back down again. It just goes that way every fortnight. It's like a bad night at Casino, isn't it? Holy dooly. Yeah, every fortnight, mate. So I just I can see him being a real yo-yo, and that that could be really annoying. But yeah. um, but if you look, if you if you're downgrading to get the cash to use on someone like Nico, can't complain about that. Just don't feel like that you have to get him in because he's definitely not a must-have. Uh, look, the next guy on the list is Jackson Ford. Uh, we'll be pretty quick on him. Um, he's another downgrade, but he's also one that I guess has a little bit more to him than what Schuster does. But he doesn't free up as much money. So like I said today when I was chatting to various people. I'll do Schuster instead of Ford if I need the extra 85 grand. Um, if I don't need that extra 85 grand, then Ford's someone I can at least play go, going down the track. And he also plays around 13. So I'll, I'll go to Ford if I don't need that extra money. And that's where I think the Ford and the Schuster discussion should probably be at for me. Yeah, nail on the head. Like he, he's a guy that you can sort of sit there and when guys are on buys, you're happy to play him for his 50, 60. He got 70 last week, which is a good score. No, I, I, he's my one of my trade-ins this week uh, for Dory. So it just seemed a nice, easy stepping stone. If he gets up to 450K and hangs around for that first week or two of the buy period, then happy days. He can shift you on to someone good. And the, the positive thing that, that's happened to Ford is actually that four points and missing the next game because what it's yep. done is many he's got to be in the 20s. He's not going to get a big B for a couple of weeks. And that's going to work perfectly because he's basically going to be able to get to your round 13 buy probably and not let cash for it because they got a round yep. 12 buy. Um, so that's actually helped super coaches in a weird way. The, the first month of the season has been a bit punctuated with an injury and then missing a game. It's also kept him cheap as well because like, I know mm. like if, I know, I missed him at the start. So like he had gotten away from us all of a sudden instead of getting him this week at 320s, 380, and that's a bit more harder to swallow. So he's actually sort of being able to let people play catch up a little bit. Yep. Nice work on getting knocked out, Jackson. Well done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, don't, just don't do it again. That's no, think. Jonah Pezzett we spoke about, so we'll swing past him. Uh, Payne Haas. I've actually looked at getting Payne Haas in this week. Uh, it's it's really tough because all these mid-range front rowers, like I looked at my team and went, where am I susceptible? Where am I really struggling with points? And it's like sort of center wing because I don't know which crap one to play that's going to score well that week. But front row forwards, some of these guys just haven't worked out. You know, the Welshers of the world, and there's a lot of other ones, the Utakamanus, these guys haven't worked out. And it's like, you know, Payne Haas is only 50K more expensive than what he started at. And he's playing a Tigers pack this week that he could really tear up because we saw him do it to the Dragons, another underperforming team. And even last week against the Dolphins, he scored 74. Um, And he's played 56 minutes last week, which is his lowest. So there may be slight concern, but he still managed to be 53 plus every single week for four weeks in a row, pure base, Mm -hmm. plus his base attack. So Dolphins, Raiders, Titans, the next three weeks, it looks pretty good for Payne. So I understand people doing it. And I will say I'm someone who needed to get a front row forward. And looking at them, I tried to talk myself into Tapani being 60, 70K less. And I just looked at it and couldn't do it. It was just Payne Haas is still number one for me. So I'm considering this trade. So I certainly can't talk anyone out of the big Bronco. No, no, no on the head, mate. Like he's he's comfortably the best prop at the moment. Um, yeah, like it's he's not going to hurt you with the big, big ones. But like when you're busting out 75 every week, it's 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 a tough one to grab back. 
I'll need to get him at some point. Um, I've got something else I want to do this week, so I'll probably leave him for next week. But yeah, yeah. what else can you say? He's just a beast. Reese Walsh, Broncos teammate. Heaps are still jumping on Reese. He's he's not a pot anymore at all. He's got 105, 95, and 84. Uh, 95 average. So I said last week he wasn't going to keep averaging 100 for the year. I was right. He's only down to, he's down to 95 <laughs> now. Um, yeah, Bradman didn't average 100 either. <laughs> Tigers this week. Like, it's pretty hard to say that his base is crap and he's got a bad score coming when he's got the Tigers, the Raiders, and the Titans the next three. And these next two are at Suncorp. 656,000 break even in the teens. 656 is a lot of cash to pay for Reese Walsh, I think, but it's still only 100k more than what he started at. I can certainly see teams doing it, Andrew. Um, I am interested in your opinion on this, though, because like I would like Reese Walsh, but to me, it's it's Turbo and Teddy. And even like, you know, I wouldn't, I'd be a bit scared going a Latrell to, to a Walsh, despite the matchups. So with those three premium guys, you know, do, do you think that there is room for a Reese Walsh still? I know he started well, but can he really keep this up and be better than those guys? Over the course of the year, no. Like, he's not in that top three bracket. But that three weeks is, like, frightening not to own him. Because, like like you said, he doesn't seem to, like, do a whole heap. But he's just lightning quick. And all of a sudden, if he gets outside, like, the Tigers' outside backs defense is, like, trying to catch a rain, like, in a sieve, basically. Like, there, it's just... It's so scary. He's the guy I'm going to bring in this week. And I didn't necessarily, I talked myself out of it last week, but it's so scary watching him tear these three teams apart and not owning him. Um, I know it's a little bit of um, fullback rollout, but I've currently got, like yourself, I've currently got Meany in there as well, who's done such a good job to get it to a price where it's actually a slight downgrade to get to Walsh. So it, it makes sense for my side to get him. If I had, Tedesco um, as my other fullback um, with Turbo. I wouldn't trade Tedesco or Latrell to him. Um, but currently I've got Meany there. So that's the trade I'll be making this week. Yeah, pretty smart one, I think. Like I, and look, I really wanted Teddy back. And if not this week, then next. But, you know, there is, yeah. even I'm thinking for 100K less, it's a bit easier for you to make it happen to take a Walsh and to back him to, to beat Teddy yeah. for three weeks. So, Well, if Teddy if Teddy had if Teddy had that draw, it's a no-brainer. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right? Like it's, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a no-brainer. It's just like, and like the Raiders aren't necessarily pushing. Like, no, White and White such a good defender. And like, it's like nothing against Matt Frawley, but he's no Jack White and defensively. So like they, that's that second way. And the Tigers are a basket case and the Titans can't tackle. So, like there's three games there where all of a sudden if he gets three hundreds, then he's eight hundred and something K and you can make hundred and fifty K going to one of the other guys, and that's that's good business. Zach Hosking. 117 points last week, and all of a sudden he's in the top ten most traded in. He's only played one game this year. He's got a minus twenty-three break even. This is just this just reeks of super coach red flag, super coach rule book that you should be looking up and seeing an article 75 slash A on when to buy a player. <laughs> it's not after one game with limited job security and not really any runs on the board. And, you know, it's he could get dropped after this game and then you're sitting there with a guy. You know, it's Garner's out injured for a week. Um, they've got other guys as well. It's just I like Zach Hosking. I, I think that you can just make this trade next week. So maybe, yeah. look, Zach Hosking's 458000 as well. Like I don't... 
I understand if he's 458,000 and he's got a minus 50 break even, may as well take the cash and some good points and see where it goes. But it's only a minus 23 break even at the moment. It doesn't really mean anything because, you know, he's got other games to come up. It's it's startling to me, really. The, he's number seven on the most trading list at the moment. Yeah, and the thing is as well, like, like you said, and Martin's out as well. So, like, they had a weird, like, edge rotation there, the Panthers, where I oh, mate Jamin Sam would come on and play a bit of edge for Garner. I don't know if that's, like, a planned rotation or that just Garner's been quite poor. But, like, you've got the two guys that started the year on the edge both out. So, like, if Martin comes back next week, does Hosking then go to that 50-minute roll and, and Salmon spells him for 30? And then if so, all of a sudden you have that one quick hit, but then that 113 rolls out pretty quickly and you and then you sort of nearly lost all the cash that you made. So it's a definite wait. If he gets named there again next week, or if we find out that Martin's out for a little bit longer, then next week's a great time to buy. But yeah, not this week. Uh, and, and look, Martin and Garner are going to be in the side. There's no two ways about it. So, I mean, it's massive red flags because even if Zach Hosking earns a role, you know, that role might be a complete job share with Garner. And that's just going to be no good. He's 458,000. Yeah, you don't want to be job. Sh- well, that's it. At four fifty eight k, you don't want to be job sharing. Like if he's two hundred fifty eight k, and he's getting forty minutes, and they're short. But at no, four fifty eight, no, no more, more red flags in a car dealership. I haven't used that one since preseason, so I can pull that one back out. Yeah, well done. Very good. Very good. Elisa Katoa, five hundred seventy six thousand. Absolutely on fire. Absolutely killing it. I'm so glad that I started with him. Is it too late? Is it too late, Andrew? Because he's gone 96, 64, 92, 54, averaging 77 on the season. Break even at 14. You know, he doesn't have a lot of cash to make up. People may be looking at him as a, a full season keeper. He might be. He's not going to average 77 for the year, but maybe averages 65. I could. I pinned him mm-hmm. for 65 average in the preseason. I reckon that he gets there. Is it worth doing it? They do have a round nine by and a round 13 by, so it's pretty awkward. You know, do you get him in for mm-hmm. a month of footy now? I kind of think that you might have missed the boat a little bit. Yeah, I, 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 he's the one that I regret not selling with. Um, yeah, he's going real good. I can't, I just can't get him in. Like I said, because there's other stuff, and I don't want to use another boost. But like he's, like he's basing fifty odd each week. Like he's obviously, he's always had that attacking sort of flair, even the Warriors. Like and like the thing is as well, he gets Hughes back next week, which is huge. So like, and he, they've sort of struck up a nice little convert. The draws a bit funky town the next couple of weeks, so it might be a little bit tricky to get those big, big ones. But like he's. Busting out sort of like, like, even that first game, that was a grind against power and he got 58 in base. Like, that's good going for an edgy. So he might be one that you either hold on to all year, but you might look to find like a little run that they might have. Like, even just looking at their last four games of the year, Canberra, St. George, Gold Coast, Brisbane. Like, that might be a little one where you can, even if you sell him, to like bring him back for a little hit and run mission to finish the year. So, no, he's going real good. Yeah, it's, it's like I could I could hold him all year as an owner. But they actually be yep. one of the top buyers this week. Um, it's it's a lot of money to throw in, like almost six hundred k to play Souths and the Roosters and Manly away. Yeah, it's nearly two hundred above what he started. What's one hundred and sixty above what he started? Like it's it something about that. I know I'm sort of buying Walsh's, but Walsh I think could hurt you a bit more than than Katoa a little bit. I'm a massive fan. The fact that three out of his four games he's got 50-plus in in raw base is huge. How mm-hmm. he's looked is huge. He looks dangerous. He looks like he could be a keeper, really. An yep. Isaiah Papali light type of season when yep. he busted something out. something like that. Yeah, but absolutely. In saying that, you know, I just I I just think that we might be buying him at the wrong time right now if you don't own him. You just sort of have to buy the bullet and say, well, he might be 30, 40K more. 
in an, you know a month's time after that buy, but whatever. You know, you just sort of pay that and you get a bit of extra information. I'm not down on him. Like if you got him in, if you really believe he might work out as a really good keeper, he might be better than a lot of the other established guns, but oh, I wouldn't be rushing to do it or thinking that you have to. And I'd certainly be doing it thinking that you're buying him to keep him, not thinking that you're buying him to make a lot of money because there might not be a lot more money to make. When we're having a look at the last couple of guys, um, William Warbrick, you know, he's gone up 62,000 this week, almost 80K for the season, minus 18 break even. Kind of makes sense. Um, it's a bit of a controversial one in that I don't know what to say about it, Andrew. Like, no. it's sort <laughs> no, of no like idea. he's got a negative break even. It's okay at minus 18. But on the other hand, he's already up to 280. He's straight up mm. to 14 not long ago. That'll drop out soon, which is nice. But he's also not got a big break even. And he's not going to have a big break even unless he has a big game. And they've got some tougher ones. So probably not the best buy for people to go for. It might be one of those yeah. ones where you go, look, I might get 100K out of it, but because of the risk and everything else, I might just let it, I might just lay that one and just say, don't worry about it. We're on to the next. Yeah, agreed. No, not, it's not worth a trade. I think like if you, he's a hold, he's not a buy. Come on. Last one is Lockie Miller. He looks sensational again on the weekend. I feel a little bit bad for the uh, the off-season talk on him, but, you know, it, it was more of a wait and see. He could be good, but I don't think we know anything yet and people are going overboard. I'm going to stand by that because you don't throw 52 and 50 up against the Warriors and the Tigers the first two weeks, but the, the last two weeks, 98 and 103, goal kicking, the Newcastle Knights are winning. That's great. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, though, I think the winning's going to stop. So I'm sorry, Knights fans, and this might be why Miller might not be worth it at 670K. Manly away. And then good one against the Warriors, then the Panthers, and then away against the Cowboys and Parrot Comping Stadium. Four out of those five are terrible for Newcastle. Yep, and like he he runs a lot. Like it, it makes he's sort of I guess similar to like a Tedesco sort of in his prime. Not that he's out of his prime, but he makes twenty five runs a game. He sort of bumps bumps off and gets those you know six to ten tackle busts a game. Um, really interesting that like, so I, I looked at him this week instead of Walsh. Um, like his two big scores have been without Ponga, so he's obviously taking a bit more sort of on his own, um, on his own back to to so I guess lift the lift the side. Like he's going really good. I drafted him in both of my draft leagues, and I'm stoked with that. Um, nearly seven hundred with that draw is tricky. If he was a hundred grand cheaper, I think he's an awesome buy. But like you you're paying for at this price, you're paying for seventies every week, and I don't know if you're going to get that with that draw. I think their good part of their draw is gone, but like he's if you've got him and you held it from the start, well done. That's awesome work. Yeah, great to start with him in your centre wing at five hundred ninety-three k. You guys nailed yeah. it. You did well, um, and I didn't want to do it, um, and I was wrong about him. And, and you've done really well out of it, and you continue to do well out of it, even in a little bit of a lull. But if you don't own him, I tell you what, they've got a round ten buy and they play the round thirteen buy. Mm. After that tough run and like yeah. the three games before the buy, you know the, the Panthers. The, the Townsville game against the Cowboys, power at Combank, and then a buy. He's going to be this price or less, I reckon, at that point. And mm-hmm. then he hits the Gold Coast Titans, the Sharks, and then Manly during an origin round where they're not going to have Turbo and DCE and so forth. So that's uh, yeah. that's a big buy round. So for me, I'm buying him for that Titans game. And the good thing is that like, he's never going to go badly. That's the one like really positive. Like yep. He's never going to score below 45. Just with the amount of runs he does and he bust tackles. And like, especially now he's goal kicking. Like 
and it looks like he hits him good too. So even if Ponga does come back eventually, like he'll probably still kick. So he's never going to go badly. So it's just probably just biding your time and just waiting to, you know, hopefully he gets back below 600 and then you can just sort of hold him as, you know, your center wing number four or five for the rest of the year. 100%. Uh, look, we need to close off with the rapid fire machine gun round five preview. Some interesting games this weekend. And by interesting, I mean far out, it's going to be tough to choose a captain. Um, oh my God. It is just one of those weeks, isn't it, where there is just that many captaincy options. So let's let's go through them all very quickly this week. Uh, the first game of the round is the Eels versus the Roosters. Um, this one's at Allianz Stadium, which is interesting. The Roosters against the Eels have had some really big games at Allianz before. Um, Teddy has gone ballistic against them before. Um, I do think that we're going to talk about like three big guns that are big captaincy options, Andrew, or big vice captaincy options. For this first game, I am going to say, I think Tedesco is mm-hmm. a, a smoky VC um, because he hasn't gone big yet and he could do it against the Eels because he's done it before and it just smells like one of those games at Allianz Stadium. So am I getting too rooster here? Am I just way off the mark? You're not getting too rooster. He's, he's not what I'm going to do, but he also got no Junior Paulo as well this week. So, like, that's a big – and, like, Brad Arthur would like to play Junior Paulo for 90 minutes in an 80-minute game, the way they're going. So, like, that's a big out for them. Um, so, like, Tedesco's going to score well. Like, there's no doubt about that. It's just a matter of, like, is he going to go as well as maybe the next bloke we're going to talk about? That's the question. Well, that's a big question. Um, I don't think that you you can be brave enough to jump on any pods in this one or anything or any other big highlights. So let's talk about the next one. Raiders versus the Panthers. And the big news on this one is it's at Geo Stadium, but Jack White is out for a couple of weeks. Uh, the Raiders, I thought last week, losing mm-hmm. to Newcastle, no disrespect to Newcastle, but the Raiders were awful. They could not score any points at all. They are going to score bugger all against Penrith. And Penrith could run absolute rampant. So, you know, elephant in the room, Nathan Cleary. You know, people are selling him. Jeez, he looks like a great VC option this week. Oh, holy dooly. It stands out like greyhounds, if you know what I'm saying. That's that that's for me the that's the that's the VC I'd be going because especially like this week, because everyone's got that calm Piera. So like looping is an option this week. So it's not like just a throwaway. This one, like looping, is a genuine option. Um, especially if your AEs are decent at this point, you like clearly could go a buck fifty plus in this game, and you take it every day of the week. Max score wise against all the NRL clubs, six highest max score club Canberra Raiders at one hundred fifty eight. They've conceded to him before. Uh, mm-hmm. I could see that happening. Um, so. Definitely yeah. big Nathan Cleary VC fan this week. And I'll even say if it's going to be hard for you to loop, uh, there's no way that it's a bad option just to see him. And I think that he's back a little bit, like 77 yeah, points last week. I thought he looked better. And that was a tough game away against the Eels where the Eels won it and he still scored 77. Yeah, bounce back factor as well. Like they're, like they've lost a couple of close ones this year. Like I think they're... I think they're screaming for a game like this to sort of like open the open the car door and let them out. So, gonna throw it out there too. Taruva's gonna get his meat this week. Oh, surely, hundred percent playing Taruva. He's getting a try this week, and just quietly, Brian Toto is gonna burn everybody who didn't own him. I reckon. I, I think that he's a really good pod yep. for this one as well. Absolutely. Your South Boys versus Storm. Why don't you do this one, mate? You just take it away. Go for it. Yeah, uh, I don't know if there's any, again, real standout VC. I think there are some other options 
where there's mismatches where the yeah, season v season. It's going to be a great game of footy. Uh, Munster's always an option. Um, I don't know if Meany quite goes big enough for a VC, but he's going quite well. Um, and then obviously the standout for South is, is Trelly. Um, yeah, I think we can win this game. Um, I think Selleback's huge for us as well. I think he's quite underrated as a player. Um, so I think we'll win. Um, the fact that it's in Sydney helps as well. And obviously we're not even talking about really Harry Grant so much in this one as well. After last week's debacle as a captain for a lot of players. So um, no real huge season VCs, just given the other matchups, but go Rabbitohs. Go the Rabbitohs. I will say something against the Rabbitohs too, though. Um, your edge could be a bit susceptible. It looked a bit susceptible last week. I'll tell you what, Tulani yeah. actually carved up for a couple of tries here. Or live-breakers, yes. live-breakers, I should yeah. say, sorry. Well, we had no um, Colomitung. He played a lot in the middle of that mm. game. It's Side note, how well is he going? Oh, my goodness. He looks fantastic. And he looks like the forgotten buy of the year in the second row forward spot. I said on last week's podcast, yeah. if you didn't hear, form real life and super coach best second row forward at the moment for me. Oh, 100%. Like, and they're not even really talking about him for origin. They keep talking about Olaquai to Martin. For me, he's head and shoulders. Right. He's been I've, very Maybe good. I've got my blinkers on. Yep, agreed. Well, Eli Katawa. He, he could go really well in this one um, on that running at that edge as well. So he's one, but I, I, look, it, it could be a bit of a 13, 12 ish type of game again on this one. So yeah, we've had a lot of them already. Yeah. I'm not super keen. Um, and in fact, it's one of the reasons why I'm considering selling Meany as well as a cash to, to go somewhere else. Yep. Manly at Glen Willow Oval against the Knights. So it is a home game for Manly, but it isn't actually at Brookvale. So important to note that one, but it's not in Newcastle either. Uh, obviously, you know, the elephant in the room here is Tom Dremovich. I know that Newcastle looked better, but as much as I'd say, you know, I'd love to VC Teddy and cheer him on, I'm going to have to VC Nathan Cleary because I'm going to have to captain Turbo or, or Hines. And I think that despite Hines' week last week, I'm going to side with Turbo here. Playing against Newcastle, I just can't get off not having a big game from Turbo. Like, I just don't think that he can do it. When you look at these max scores, he's only got a max of 100 against him before, which seems weird. Mm, that does seem strange. He, he scored 58 against your boys last week. He, he didn't really do a lot, but it seemed like he was, you know, a forward pass call off that line break try, which would have got him close to a ton, though, which would have been almost three in a row. Yeah. Oh, it's frightening if you don't have him this week. Oh, my days. Like, it's, yeah, it, it like, Nico was obviously all the rage. Like, I think if... I think he could go close this week. I think he's my captain um, at this point. Like he just, he's just on cruise control. Like he just gets hundreds so easily. It's scary. So yeah, stand out, absolute stand out. If you got Garrick this week too, happy days, I reckon. Yeah, and Garrick's not a pod, so you can't talk about him as a pod option. But um, I, I'm certainly going to flag him as a trading option. If you're going for a Lockie Miller or someone like that at 700k. I would be finding the extra 70 grand to go to a, uh, a Ruben Garrick because against this Newcastle side, surely yep. this is probably going to be another round 110 game from Ruben. So I'm super worried not having him. I've, I've had a look at having him instead of a Payne Haas and you know, just played some mug as my second yep. throw forward for the week. Yeah, superstar. Dragons, Dolphins. Is there anything that you see in this one at all? At all? Uh, super coach wise, not really. Uh, maybe the Sloan owners might get a little bit lucky. He looked terrible again last week. I, I I don't even know what to say about the Dragons. Like they're they're a Ben Hunt injury away from being absolute. Like I know they're not great at the moment, but like they they could be absolutely appalling 
if he goes down. Um, nothing really excites me. Zach Lomax's goal kicking looks absolutely terrible. I'm not sure what's happened there. He got a big contract. Yeah, you know, I just saw the other day he's got four years and seven hundred k a year left. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that's unbelievable! Like he can't get him off the tee at the moment. It's very because he was such a sweet ball striker, and now like they're going sideways. So I'm not sure what's happening there. Um, I think the Dolphins will win. I think um, Asako's been like low key surprisingly good as well. Like he's putting up some good numbers, not not massive ones, but. Some really good solid numbers, and he he strikes the ball good off the tee as well. No, Sean O'Sullivan's huge. Though, I was about to say the the couple Milford's of outs that they've got. Yeah, yeah it's massive. and they're playing a win as well rather yeah. than a Cliff, um, so that's tough. Yeah, it's that's just that hurts. Like Katoa's obviously young and exciting. Milford's like he's not exactly a controlling half. Like O'Sullivan's kicking game's really really good. He's a left foot kicker as well, which is obviously a little point of difference. Um, this could be a low scorer, A, because the Dolphins defensively have been fantastic all year, B, because God knows what the Dragons are going to do. So I think Redcliffe win, but like it's not much. Well, I love that you call I think them the Redcliffe. Dolphins win. They are Redcliffe. Oh, they are it's, Redcliffe. It's, it's Redcliffe. It's fucking Redcliffe, honestly. Uh, <laughs> like, it's, yeah, like everyone up here calls them Redcliffe. So I'm not, anyway. Um, it's not one that I'll be, I can't wait to tune in for, though. I'll probably watch it, but not, not, I can't. I won't be jumping on the couch with a beer just yet. Well, the Hammer has scored four tries in a row, four weeks in a row. Um, Unbelievable. He's going to score again this week. I reckon he's going to get his biggest score of the season this week. I think mm-hmm. he's the pick for me. So I, I'm going to say don't sit him. Play the Hammer. The Hammer's going to score against yep, absolutely. The, the Dragons. Um, but I would be kind of on your in your boat as far as it might not be as, as big a scoring as what you would hope because it is a win stadium and, and yeah, no halfback. That's always a big deal for any NRL side. Well, it might be a game of this one where like you can sort of like get up some brownie points with the, with the better half and maybe take them out for an early dinner. Um, Cause I don't think you're missing a whole heap in that one. Very good point. And you can say, look, Dale, it's going to be it's the game of the week. Yeah, it's, the, it's you know the, the the game I've been waiting for a week. I've got seventeen yeah. super coach players in. You know, my yeah. captain's in there. I'm just going to miss it for you. Anywhere you want to go on the town, we're up there tonight. Let's go. To, let's yeah. Let's go for a nice dinner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Broncos and Tigers. This one could have a lot of points in it uh, at Suncorp. Geez, it's tough, isn't it? Because like we've, we've spoken about some of the tradings here, so we're not going to talk about them. You're going to obviously play any Bronco that you own. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm certainly going to play an Adam Dewey. But captaincy-wise, another week, you could very much sort yourself into a captain, Reese Walsh, or even at the slightest, a VC, and you've got like Hines playing afterwards. This is just a bad week for it, isn't it, Andrew? I don't think you could in any way, shape, or form do it. 100%. Like, like I said, if this was another week, you'd be seriously contemplating um, Walsh as an option as well. But no, just with the other three big dogs there, and plus Teddy there as well, like, He's sort of he's in the top five, but he's not he's he's not making a grand final. But yeah, Broncos look good. Um, like trying to like Jesse Arthur's in draft or something like that might be a good one as well because he could score two. Um, and but yeah, definitely Dewey as well because Broncos like the fence has been okay, but they still leak a little. Um, so definitely play Dewey. And the the Tigers actually have a, a pretty good record against the Broncos, giving them some pretty good games. Um, and those pretty good games doesn't mean they're going to keep the Broncos to ten. But it does mean that it might be a you know, thirty-six to twenty-two scoreline, um, which we've had yeah. in the past. And if it is, well, the Tigers—they've been them the last three times. The Tigers have played the Broncos. So there you go. Yeah, I, I knew they had a good record. And they've won some games recently. Yeah, there you go. Mm. So look, they've, well, they've won the last few, and some of those have been at Suncorp. 
love doing this one. I think he's going to go, you know, 60 plus relative to the love as far as, you know, people trading him out. But the Sharks and the Warriors, second last game of the round. Jeez, I wish it was a different week, Andrew. Why can't I just captain Nico Hines at the end of this week? Why does it have (laughs) to have all these other guys that are just as good, like Cleary and Turbo, that have these massive matchups? It's just, yeah, it's really hard. Can you see an avenue where he can go, you know, 100 plus again here? Because I think that he definitely goes 100 plus. I'm just worried that Turbo or Cleary might have that 150 score. Yeah, uh, I can definitely see an avenue. Like, and if you could work it, Maybe maybe it won't hurt you as much because a lot of people have sold clear, but you could you could definitely do a VC turbo C Nico um, and have Cleary as your reserve. But like, there's three guys there that could all score anywhere between 100 and 160, and none would surprise. It's just a matter of picking which one goes the most. I, I look, I, it's easy to say. I don't think you can go wrong if you've got all three of them. Like you're laughing, so I'm I'm stoked. I'm in that camp. Yeah, look, I'm I'm heavily considering VC Turbo and C Hines mm-hmm. as much as I'm considering VC Cleary C Turbo. So, yeah, I, I could swing either way. That might be a, a fun drinking game on Thursday afternoon that I'll do with my mates <laughs> who will all be at work, so I'll just do it alone. Um, yeah, Bulldogs and the Cowboys, the last one. Nothing screams out as far as uh, captaincy options and obviously VCs out the window being the last game. But, you know, sit, start. I think that if we went back in time, you'd want to bench some of your Bulldogs in this one at the Mm. start of the season because you'd be worried the Cowboys' defence and, you know, potential top four team and all that. That's all out the window. The Cowboys are letting in a lot of points. So I've actually got guys like Matt Burton who a couple of weeks ago was like, geez, you know, know, it might be hard to play him against the Cowboys. I'm actually glad he's got the goal kicking back and I'm happy to play him as a pod. So mm-hmm. I think that's how far the Cowboys have actually fallen. Um, they've also lost Nanai for this one too. Yeah. So I can see at a core stadium in Sydney, you know, I could see a bit of points on offer for both these sides because both have been scoring some points. Um, they've just also, you know, been letting them in a little bit like the Cowboys compared to last year. So, you know, I'm pretty happy to play everyone. And someone like Karaz, you know, people who had big balls to put a C on Karaz in these games. I had one hit me on the weekend with a C on Karaz. It, other weeks, again, we keep saying other weeks, but other weeks, you know, you could you could probably talk yourself into it. But this week, it's more about the sit and play probably. Yeah, I agree. And, like, it's probably more the Preston and Alamotti. I reckon they're the two because a lot of the – most people have sort of got those two. Um, I'm probably going to play them all, to be honest with you. The Cowboys have been mm, okay without being fantastic. Um, maybe one to keep an eye on for the next week or two, um, Lukey. Back oh, starting. my boy. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you back, brought him up. Back starting this week, um, this is game three. His B's, it's high enough. It's, it's. I don't think he'll get to his B, but all of a sudden you might get someone who has a lot of potential at around about 400K. Um, I think Hess will end up going back to the middle, surely. Like him on the edge is not fantastic. Um, I think him anyway is not really fantastic. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unbelievable. He just keeps playing it anyway. Um, I think he's more of a middle. Um, you might get a starting edge guy at the Cowboys for 400 grand in two or three weeks. And I think that's fantastic. But I, like, I think there's more, eventually there'll be more job security with Lukey than Hosking, I think. Unless Hosking comes out and brains it again, but like, I'm waiting for Lukey as that downgrade. Cause I think he'll have, I think he'll have a good back after the year as he gets fitness back up as well. So hundred percent agree. And they really believe in him. They they had him right there with Nanai before um, the injuries and stuff, younger grades. So, 
I will say with, with Lukey, like after you hear this podcast, go into your draft team and put your waiver priority in for Helam Lukey. Like get him in now because he's everywhere available. He's starting yeah. and going to play 80 minutes. Now you're going to get at least a couple of weeks out of him that are good, but mm-hmm. you might end up with a keeper for the rest of the year. Well, that's the thing. Like Hess, like I just don't see a world where Lukey goes back to the bench. Like I think when Nanai comes back, I think Lukey just goes to the left-hand side and Hess goes to the bench as a middle forward to spell Cotter and Tamalolo. I just that I just see that's how it's going to happen. I think, like I said, it'll be 400 grand soon. So that's going to be exciting. Mm, definitely. Well, look, that's going to do it for the podcast for Supercoach TLT Round 5. Andrew, thank you so much for jumping on. It was a pleasure to have you and talk Supercoach. The last time you did a talking footy episode, we'll get you on for another one of either or of these episodes soon down the track as well. No, thanks for having me, mate. It's always good uh, good fun chatting footy or Supercoach. It's um, it's a great time of year. I know I'm a cricketer, but it's, footy season is a good season. So, oh, It certainly is. And if you want to hear Andrew on his show, We Got the Chocolates is a fantastic show to tune into on YouTube and also as a podcast as well. I'm sure that you guys are everywhere as far as being able to download and listen. Yeah, all the socials, um, Instagram, I'm not on TikTok, but apparently we're quite big on TikTok. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a TikToker. I'm sure you're probably not a TikToker or Barnsley either, not Nathan Cleary style. But um, No, not at no, all. I'm uh, a terrible dancer. No. Yeah, no, me too, me too, mate. So, yeah, no, um, uh, Instagram, YouTube, all, on, all that type of stuff. It's um, Yeah, it, it's it's good fun and we're going well. So, mate, I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the plug and appreciate you having me on, mate. No worries at all. Well, if you want to download, stream or subscribe to this podcast, you can grab us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. Amazon, we are everywhere. You can also follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Also, tune in to the Talking Footy podcast, which hits every Thursday afternoon ish. We try and get in before the round actually starts. And every Tuesday, we record the TLT Supercoach podcast, which is every Wednesday. So tune into those ones. But good luck with your trades. Good luck with your decisions. Good luck with your footy. Enjoy it on the weekend. Can't wait to talk about it all again real soon. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid.